guys, welcome to uh, Loose Screws. Um, I am uh, Ty Worsham, your host, and this is the American Elite Dangerous Broadcast that is late this week because in America we had Labor Day. Uh, everybody overseas, Google it, it's kind of cool, we get Monday off. But it also is kind of, like Labor Day historically is kind of signified like the official end of the American summer. It, was a, it used to be when most schools would go back to work, go back to school and start up again from our summer breaks, but now everybody's kind of starting in August and starting earlier, so it doesn't quite mean the same thing anymore. But um, today I just have myself with me, um, so we're going to do a little special edition episode, and um, we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. Um, going over today, what I'm going to be talking about is going to be... Uh, some of the information we got out of Gamescom regarding the fleet carriers, and we're going to go over the, the September update. Um, so we had a little Q&A. Uh, Steven Benedetti, one of the Frontier community managers, did a uh, little Q&A, uh, or like an FAQ about the fleet carriers. Uh, if you guys don't know about this, I'm going to read through it. That way everybody kind of knows about it. Um, will fleet, car will fleet carrier, yeah, will flat carriers, will fleet carriers jump on the Thursday server tick? Yes, fleet carriers will not be, uh, or no, fleet carriers will not be restricted to the Thursday server tick in order to jump. That's pretty freaking cool. I'm very excited about that. That means that we don't have to be waiting around for the server tick. We'll, we can, whenever we have the fuel, I'm sure there'll be some sort of cooldown in there. Like you only jump every maybe 10 minutes or whatever the case may be. But once you, as soon as you have the fuel, you can jump. So that's, that's great. I love that. Um, can you clarify what unique resources are? This is the next question. It will be a, a new commodity which can be mined or bought from certain starports. We will be exploring this in more detail in a future live stream closer to the December update. Yes, it will not be something that is ridiculous. It will be something that you can actually buy from a starport. Next question. Will fleet carriers be bought with ARCs? We'll discuss ARCs a little bit more here in just a minute. Uh, no, fleet carriers will not be purchasable with ARCs. Thank goodness. It'll be something you have to buy with credits. And we'll actually discuss how much I think these things will cost in just a minute. Can we customize our fleet carriers? Yes, fleet carriers can be customized. But this is something we are going to be looking at in live streams closer to the December's update launch. Can squadron members bleh, can squadron members contribute to the cost? The cost for a fleet carrier will come from the single commander who owns the carrier. Squadron members will not be able to contribute. Is a fleet carrier restricted to the bubble? Fleet carriers can be purchased from certain systems and can travel outside of human space, providing they have the fuel to do so. I can imagine they would limit where they could go. Maybe, maybe you have to go to that system first to map it first. I could see that. Uh, but I don't think they're going to be a situation where, well, you only go in the bubble, you only go here, but... I could, I could see that, we're, well, we have to know where the fleet carrier is going to jump to. You can't go into an unexplored system. So maybe you have to, like, fly to that system and then do a scan of the system beforehand. I could see that. I could very easily see that. Um, do fleet carriers work in solo? Fleet carriers will operate in all game modes, open, solo, and private groups. I, I couldn't imagine why they wouldn't. 
Are fleet carriers destructible? And can they defend themselves? Fleet carriers are not destructible. And they, but they can defend themselves and other nearby ships. Do the loadouts have a practical effect in game? We will be delving deeper into loadouts and support vessels in later live streams. Can you sell fleet carriers? Fleet carriers can be scrapped, however it will be for fewer credits than the original purchase amount. Will a commander's fleet carrier persist when logging in and out? Fleet carriers are persistent and will remain in the game regardless of whether or not the owner is online. Can you change the type of carrier you have? The type of fleet carrier that you have is determined by the support vessel assigned to it, which in turn determines its loadout, as mentioned above. This is something that we'll be, taking, we'll be talking about in a future stream. Last question. Can fleet carriers jump into permit lock systems? No, fleet carriers will not be able to jump into permit locked systems. Um, not a lot of surprises here. The biggest thing I think is most interesting is the fact that they're not limited to the server tick or they're not stuck on the server tick. I really like this. Um, I, I, I was worried about that. Uh, in my last episode, we talked about how it would be stuck in the, um, on the server tick to where you had to wait for the dang thing to reset and you had to wait for everything to, to time out and on the Thursday server tick. I, that would have been really annoying. It would have been very limiting. Uh, also, I feel like that they are kind of leaving that on the mega ship side and not on the um, like 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 fleet carriers certainly are a large ship, but something I think what they're trying to do here is basically say these are fleet carriers, these are mega ships, and I think they're trying to keep them separate separated. And I think this because I still think that they, like I, I've thought for quite a while now that in the in in Frontier's back pocket, is, you know, they 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 got this mega ship thing, and we kind of think, uh, you know, the space legs is coming, and we kind of think bases are coming, um, of some sort. But we also kind of think, or what I kind of think is that, because I I think it would take very little tech for them to do is basically implement fleet or uh, squadron mega ships like we already got fleet carriers we know those are coming but i think that they're sitting around going and eh, we could probably do this because we could probably do the squadron mega ship and implement it and the biggest reason why i think this is because it already exists you know we have the gnosis we have that other ship uh that's going from guardian space to i gotta i've gotta remember to look at the name of that of that damn ship but uh it's going from guardian space to um the edge of the bubble and back doing the loop every week. I think that they could, I think that we could be looking at mega ships for squadrons in the future and just leave fleet carriers at the level of, of the individual commander. Um, just a thought. Um, next thing I want to talk about is the September update. So the September update is a planned standalone content update that will be released, uh, in, that will be released on September 18th. Um, it's the second update, second major update this year, and what they're aiming for with this update is some quality of life improvements. And it looks like they're aiming, or they're mainly aiming this toward the welcoming beginning, beginning experience for new players. I've been playing Elite Dangerous since the launch. Um, I played 
Uh, a couple days, I bought the game a couple days after launch. I was really on the fence about this or Star Citizen, and I, I know I chose smartly because Star Citizen still isn't a game. Um, but uh, I'm very happy with with my purchase. But uh, one thing I remember about getting into this game early on was that I didn't know what the hell I was doing, and it took me quite a while to figure things out. And uh, this last, in the I believe it was April update, they released a bunch of new commander starter experience stuff. This one here looks like they're expanding that even more. Uh, some of the features they're going to be including is a new in-ship starter experience. It says, when starting a new game, players are giving essential pilot training by a Pilots Federation instructor. I think that's really cool because I remember getting in the ship and it took me about 20 minutes to figure out how to lift off of the dang pad so I can figure out how to fly. Um, lessons that the instructor will give you include basic flight controls and scanning, super cruise and navigation. Sidebar here, first time I super cruised, I thought that was the fastest that you could go. And I remember flying for about 20 minutes toward a star thinking that this was how you had to go before I realized that I had to jump there. Yes, I was very green five years, four years ago, five, however long it was when this game came out. Um, a combat exercise around a mega ship. Uh, completing a hyperspace jump and docking at a starport. I still remember crashing the first time I docked at a starport. Didn't didn't explode, but I crashed. It took me a while to figure it out. It was pretty cool, pretty pretty rough back then. These new training missions will feature voiceover across all languages supported by Elite Dangerous. Veteran commanders can experience the new training missions at any time by accessing the training section of the right HUD panel. Um, I think that's pretty cool um, for new players. I know, um, I know Cody, I talked Cody into playing this game back in, I want to say it was November, December of 2018. And he started playing, and um, he was so lost. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, he still plays with a mouse and keyboard right now. I have moved up to a joystick and, and our joystick and throttle, a HOTUS setup. Uh, I'm very happy with it. Uh, he still plays with the mouse and keyboard. He still... Nubbing it up on a mouse and keyboard. Um, if he was here, I'm sure he'd talk talk some shit to me. But he um, he did a fair amount of learning, and we were on Discord for quite a bit, learning just how to turn, just how to land, just how to fly, just how to target things. And to be honest with you, when you're first learning this game, this game is a monumental task to learn. There is a lot to learn to figure out how to do things. We forget sometimes about how detailed this game is. Veteran players forget sometimes how detailed this, this game is. Because we get used to uh, knowing, you know, we have to go to the left panel, the right panel. Uh, we have to use the, you know, use the selection keys. We have to hit the space bar, not enter. We have to do these things. But as a new player who is mostly used to most games having a mouse and keyboard style interface, 
where you can click on things and whatnot. It's a different interface. It's very unique. And um, it's really, I, I say it's unique, but it's really not. Because if you've played other flight sims in the same kind of vein, they all play very similar. You have a left panel, you have panels you look at, and when you interact with these panels, then you can do different things. You have selection buttons. But for someone who's never played any sort of simulator, getting jumping into Elite Dangerous is, you know, a very daunting task. And um, you know, I'm very I'm very glad that that my buddy Cody joined in. <laughs> I've actually purchased this game for a couple of other people uh, as gifts, and they still have not. I mean, they have jumped in and played for a little bit. And it's just not for them. But it's funny they like space games, so it's it's a little strange. Uh, that they don't want to play what I think is the best space game out there. Now, that's being said, I, I think it has some issues, but I still think it's the best space game out there. Um, I want to talk about something else. There's two other things that are coming in the um, September update. Excuse me, had to cough there. The September update. Um, one of them is ARCS. Um, and I'm going to read you what it says here. Frontier, previously used by Xbox One and PlayStation 4 players to purchase... I'm sorry, let me restart over. Frontier Points, previously used by Xbox One and PlayStation 4 players to purchase cosmetics in the Frontier Store, are rebranded as ARCs. Now, I was, I was confused about this because I thought PlayStation had a currency and Xbox One had a currency, but apparently uh, they were all using Frontier Points. Um, so they're when they're rebranding those points as arcs and they are expanded to include pc players this will unify the cosmetic system across all platforms i can only imagine they're doing this because they're tired of trying to figure out what the difference is and i got a feeling that they're uh i got a feeling that Steam and maybe uh, Microsoft and Sony are dipping a little too much into Frontier's pocket, so they're trying to figure out a way to where they can get a little bit more money. I'm not clear of the monetary things behind all that, but uh, it just strikes me as something. I don't know why they would go to this trouble, except for the except for a monetary reason to do it. Um, arcs can be purchased outside the game or earned in game. Now that's interesting. They can be earned in-game. Now, we have no idea what sort of tasks you'll have to complete. Maybe these are tied to missions. Maybe when you sell exploration data, you get some ARCs. Uh, we don't know. But it, they have said that ARCs will be re can be redeemed on all livery items. Um, they're only going to be used... Frontier's been adamant about not making anything... Not making Elite Dangerous a pay-to-play game. They don't want to do that. They've been they've said it they've said it at a couple of lave cons. I know they have said it in at least once in the forums that I found recently. They have been adamant that they do not want they they don't want to make it a pay-to-play kind of kind of thing and or even not a pay-to-play but a pay-to-win kind of thing. And um, I think I think they're I really think they're just mushing all the stuff together so it's easier on their end from a uh, logistics point of view 
And I also think that this is a way for them to uh, maybe get Steam and Microsoft and Sony out of their pockets a little bit. Um, the cosmetic items are going to be interesting as well. They're adding um, some different camera angles. So you can preview cosmetic items before you purchase them. This is very nice for me because I've purchased a couple things after I really started looking at it. I was not very happy with it. Uh, kind of feel like it should have been done earlier, but still, I, I feel like they're I feel like they're doing a good job here. Uh, players can purchase individual cosmetic items from bundles without needing to purchase the entire bundle. This is pretty cool. I assume that this means that like the items where they have the uh, uh, like the ship kits. You can purchase individual wings or individual raider spikes or maybe individual bumpers without having to buy the whole kit. I think that's very cool. Another place I can think of off the top of my head would be some of the uh, nameplates. Because there's a few nameplates I want, but I really don't want to spend... Like, there's one nameplate out of the whole kit that I wouldn't mind having. But I'm not spending... I'd really not spend the whole money on the whole kit. I like what they're doing here. This one I'm very excited about. I'm going to read this. I've been saving this last one. This one I'm very excited about. Ship livery can be changed from the game's main menu at any time without the need to be docked at a station. With outfitting and livery services on the main menu. So you can change your paint scheme your ship kits, your bobbleheads from the main menu without having to be at a livery or outfitting station. That's really cool. That's really cool. All of these explorers, because I know of a couple of explorers that are out in the black right now, and they haven't touched a station in quite a while. Uh, in fact, I talked to one the other day, I'm not going to say his name because I don't have permission to use it, but uh, he says, and that is what he says, he says he hasn't touched a station since July of last year. I don't know. That's 13 months. 14 months. Today September. So 14 months. I don't know. That seems like a really long time without touching a station, but I, you know, some of these, I know I've been out in the black a couple times and, uh, Originally, like my first exploration trip, trip, like I got bored and I went out and uh, I was going north from Seoul. If you're looking at the map, it was a north, north, south, east, west map, galaxy map. I was going up toward the, Gal the galactic center. So like, and side note, that seems like the direction I always end up going. I really need to, I really need to, I really need to do like a circumnavigation trip and go around the edge, but Maybe I'll do that on my next trip. I don't know. Um, so I'm going toward the Galactic Center, and I get about halfway there, and I got bored. I, I was tired of doing the. And this is back before we had, uh, uh, you know, the the VSS scanner. Before you you had that, you actually had to fly to fly to the planets and the moons and everything else inside of a system to be able to get the scan. Um, so it, it was very time-consuming. You know, I've, I've read some people gripe about the 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 VSS now and and or the the D, I'm saying VSS DSS now. Uh, 
Um, but that's... Uh, the Discovery Scanner, the way it is now, is head and shoulders better than what it was. Uh, you, d you jump into a system and you honk, and you like, all right, well, here's my sh here's my station list, or here's my planet list, and then you have to figure out how to go. And Oh, and by the way, we also have this really cool ore review in the map where we can figure out the best way for us to go inside the system. Before, you were just kind of guessing. You would. I, I remember I had a piece of paper. I would look at the distances and kind of sketch it out the way it looked from my position. Like, I would target them and kind of sketch it out. Anyway, um, we would, or I would, I got bored on this trip. And uh, as I was out there, and I, I, I stopped playing for a little while. Like, and I do this sometimes where, where I, f I kind of flip-flopping between two or three games a little bit. Um, but it took a lot for me to want to keep playing. Because... I, get, I, I realized, as dumb as it sounds, I was really upset at the fact that I had these stupid bobbleheads on my dash. And I didn't want to play it anymore. Because I was sick of looking at the bobbleheads. And I was so far away out that it was, in my brain, it was like, it's going to take me forever to get back. I don't want to do it. And I just bemoaned the whole thing. Eventually, I took my little Asp Explorer all the way back to um, the bubble. And the very first station I could find, find, I sold my data to. And after I sold my data, I remember I hit Pioneer. And I was like, ooh, I didn't realize I was going to jump that much. So it kind of, I took off the bobblehead. So it kind of, you know, nudged me along a little bit. But this last update that they're doing to the ship livery... Uh, I got a little digress there, sorry. Uh, to where you can change it outside. You don't have to be docked. You can just change it from the main menu. I really like this. Um, like I said, I, I know some explorers will really like this. But I I like this uh, mainly from the point of view of the fact that I'm, I'm planning to take, like once I get my fleet carrier and I kind of get it decked out the way I want it, I'm planning to take my fleet out somewhere into into the galaxy and so kind of what i'm wanting to do is basically park it somewhere and then do like do like some very detailed scans around the area around the system i parked like go go two or three jumps out do some intense scans and then like basically map a whole sector effectively and then once I have enough fuel, you know, farm up the fuel, jump it again and do the same thing again. And, you know, I'm going to take my vet with me. I'm going to take my, um, I'll take my, my, my two crates with me. And it, it won't be a situation where I'm like, well, what do I want to fly today? I can fly whatever I want because I won't be stuck in the crate phantom or my ASP Explorer. It'll be, I'll be able to choose what ship I want to fly in for the day. And I'm really looking forward to that. I, I, I foresee the galaxy getting mapped and explored a lot faster with this aspect. Um, I think that's, you know, the way I want to be playing it. In fact, um, I don't know what you guys are doing right now, but kind of what I've been thinking about doing is, like, what, what 16 ships am I going to take? You know, you have eight large pads, you have four medium, four small, 
So what are the 16 ships on your fleet carrier that you're going to deck it out? You know, and I was thinking, uh, you know, I'm def you know, like I said, I'm definitely going to take my 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 vet, my warship, and I'm definitely going to take my my uh, uh, my my Thargoid killer, my uh, my Alliance chieftain. I'm definitely going to take um, my 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 crate phantom, my explorer ship. Um, I'm, I'm going to make an anaconda for like a support ship in case my buddy Cody, you know, he gets, uh, out, runs out of fuel somewhere or gets damaged somewhere. Hey, let me go load up my explore, my, my support ship. I can jump to you and then, you know, get you refueled. Re, you know, I can basically fuel rat or wholesale him and get him up, get him up and running again. Uh, and, and having this fleet carrier makes it to where. I'm not just pigeonholed to where I have, well, I'm this Crate Phantom, and here are the things I have to do. Not that I dislike the Crate Phantom. I, I, it's a beautiful ship. I love it. I like it more than the Asp. I think the Asp still has the best cockpit for exploring, but I think the Crate Phantom looks like an, looks like a, it looks like an exploration ship with all the little antennas hanging off of it and stuff. It looks like, looks like something that could just like really get in there and scan everything as all the sensor packages on it and radio stuff on it to, it's, it looks like an exploring ship. Um, I mean, you can make the same argument about the, the, the crate mark too. Um, but the, the phantom really looks like that. I, I really like the phantom. Um, shifting gears again is this new Thargoid interceptor variant. Um, Apparently, a it was it was first reported by Commander Orthus Orthrus. It was reported at Palin's old base in Maya. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It was first reported by Commander Haster at Palin's old base in Maya. Um, when you scan it, it was first scanned by Commander Arania Stormrage. And if I'm mispronouncing your names, I apologize, commanders. Um, which interesting about it is that when you scan it, there's a great big, there's a great big no on the scan, which I can only assume means that they weren't expecting us to be able to. Frontier was not expecting us to be able to scan it. This is a really interesting Thargoid design. It has some yellow and maybe some orange colorings versus a standard, standard uh, Thargoid. Um, and it's kind of theorized, like we don't know what this is yet, but it's definitely a new Thargoid variant. Um, the cockpit, if it is a cockpit, is very different. The middle of it, uh, other ones kind of look like a, like a black void kind of thing with like some tentacle looking things on it. This has got like some more humanoid, it looks more like a humanoid style cockpit for lack of a better term. Um, so I kind of think that uh, maybe Professor Palin was doing some research, or Frontier's going to play it out this way anyway, that Professor Palin was doing some research on this uh, interceptor, and this is going to be some kind of hybrid-style ship that'll come out at some point. Um, maybe. Or the other theory that I've been reading about is that, um, you know, there are two factions of Thargoids. There's the 
God, I can't think of the name. I think one's called the Claxians and the Purple Ninja Toads. I can't remember what the other one's called. Um, in fact, that's probably the title of today's show is Purple Ninja Toads. Um, but the but whatever Thar whatever the other one is is the one that's right here right now. Those are the Thargoids that we're fighting right now. The Claxians, they're a little more, according to the the lore that apparently has not been uh, 100% accepted by Frontier, uh, they're a little more recluse. As, as a, I guess that's a good term to put on it. They hide out a little bit more. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious uh, what you guys think. Um, at the end of the show, I'm going to have an email. I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think these, these Thargoids are. Uh, you know, email me, let me know. Um, I had an email I wanted to go over here with you guys. And the email was... What day do you guys upload? I got, I've got, now this is from Commander Decaying Sun. Apparently he plays on Xbox One. What day, what day do y'all upload? I've got Obsidian Ant on Monday, The Pilot on Tuesday, Lave Radio Wednesday, Nothing Thursday, The Burr Report on Friday. It would be nice if they did Thursdays just for me. Plus the Yomics basically whenever. Well, Commander Decaying Sun, uh, we typically will will be broadcasting on uh, Thursdays or Fridays. Uh, the reason why this one is late is because this is uh, Labor Day here in America, and uh, someone apparently we get Mondays off now to celebrate the the labor workers of America. Um, I myself am 40 years old and have officially been promoted at work. And now, for the first time in the in the history of my job, I am no longer a blue-collar worker. I am a white-collar worker, which is pretty interesting. Like, I work in IT, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know if it's a situation where, like, I mean, this is what my boss said. He said, he said how does it feel to be a white-collar worker? And I was like, what do you mean? And that's when he told me that, well, you're, you know, with this promotion, you're no longer a blue-collar worker. You're now considered a white-collar worker. And I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. Four years old and have worked my entire life from <laughs> from very young up until uh, an adult. And uh, I'm, I'm i got to tell you, I'm a little proud of it. I'm, uh, I've worked very hard. That's not to, you know, begrudge any blue-collar workers out there. I'd... I just think that um, I'm looking at this as an accomplishment for myself, that I'm very proud of it. Um, anyway. Um, I have on the list here that I wanted to tell you guys about myself a little bit, because in the previous episode, I didn't really introduce myself at all. Um, so you guys don't really know anything about me. My name is Ty Worsham, and I go by Commander Tierville. Um, in Elite Dangerous, and um, I mostly play private, and I have some weird hours that I play because of schedules and stuff, um, and plus I get off on kicks where I play World of Warcraft, or I play Witcher, 
or I might every now and then stop in on something else. Uh, but I've, I've been playing, I played World of Warcraft all the way back since the, the original launch day. Actually, all the way back since the original beta. Uh, I actually remember, <laughs> I remember when boar, or when dwarves were going to ride boars as their mounts, and warlocks wore leather. Um, I've been playing Elite Dangerous since the launch, since two, two or three days after the launch day. And, um, I should have started this sooner, but I have gotten an, uh, I've, I guess you could say I've gotten brave as I got old to be able to, to, to talk and do this. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm still learning how to do this. So I appreciate anybody who's listening. Um, and I welcome all your questions, anything. I do want to talk about World of Warcraft for just a minute, because um, <laughs> oh, one other thing I want to tell you about. Um, I am triple elite in the game. Uh, I hit Explore Elite first, then I hit Trade Elite, and then I spent about six weeks uh, Thargoid fighting or Thargoid killing um, and losing probably about a half a billion credits on repairs uh, getting combat elite and uh, on all my ships I got the triple the, I got the triple crown on all of them <laughs> uh, that that decal the fact that Frontier put that decal in just for us is really cool uh, if you don't have that decal uh, I, I would encourage everybody to to do it um, you can get Explorer elite exploring that that try that again you can get explore elite fairly quickly if you do the uh rags to riches or the road to riches sorry road to riches and if you google road to riches you'll find it or elite dangerous road to riches you'll find it there's a bunch of uh there's a couple of websites now that are doing links or doing paths on on um system ours our water worlds and uh, earth-like worlds and ammonia worlds and high metal content worlds <clears throat> excuse me that are just outside the bubble that um, people are going through like you can go through and scan these things and then you can sell your data for, for a lot of money and then you can get yourself uh, explore elite pretty quick uh, it, it took I didn't do it that way I was doing actual explorer explorer trips I was, I was basically going up to the Galactic, up to Sagittarius A, up to the bubble, up to the Galactic Center, and then I would go out, like, one time I went east, and one time I went north, and one time I went west, and actually, I went through um, uh, the Colonia system before it was called Colonia. Now, I didn't get discovery credit for it, but... Uh, I think someone else had already turned it in by that point, but um, that's how I got Explorer Elite. But you can do the Road to Riches and get that done. Trade Elite, I, I, I got that mostly through Void Opals. Uh, I hated trading before then. I wasn't even going to try to work on it. But once I figured out how to how to mine asteroids and do Void Opal mining, yeah, that's all I was doing. I, I, made, I made billions off of that. Um, in Combat Elite... Best thing I can tell you to do is go kill Thargoids. Scouts are pretty much the best way to do it. Um, 
uh, I just sent, I, I just parked myself in Maya for a few day for a few weeks and killed Thargoids. Um, which is a little weird because like originally I wasn't going to kill any Thargoids. Like I'm kind of in the mindset that we're, that the galaxy is big enough. We can split it that I wasn't, I wasn't purposely going to go kill any Thargoids. I kind of believe that, you know, what I kind of, I kind of think that what the storyline that FDev is setting up and that is slowly playing out is that, uh, we are actually the aggressors, uh, that, uh, the Federation is actually not as good as, or not as, I mean, they're not good. Let's no make no mistake about that. They're not good, but, um, I think that the Federation might be a little worse off than what they are kind of letting on. I think the Federation is, you know, I think the Federation has been in contact with the Thargoids for quite a while, even before the original, uh, Jameson attack or Jameson, Mikey, 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 I can't say that word. Even before Jameson set out the, the virus, I think that they were in contact with them then. Um, and they were doing bad. They were, I, th I, th I think, I think that it's going to play out to where we are the aggressors. That's what I'm trying to get at. And they are really just defending their home. And that Maya and the Witchhead Nebula is really just their home. And we're encroaching on that somehow. Um, but that's just my own personal opinion. Um, and I know I'm a little all over the map today, guys. I'm sorry. But, um, you can totally get, uh, you can totally get combat elite by killing Thargoids. And that's why I, 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 I was not, I was never going to attack a Thargoid. Like I purposely was doing things to where I was never going to attack them. Like I was avoiding them. Um, I even had my, I even was pulled out of hyperspace one day in my uh, Corvette and was scanned. And um, luckily they, they left me alone. Um, but I purposely was not going to attack them. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> triple elite badge, you know, got to have that. So Thargoid's got to die. And uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe, maybe they are the aggressors. And even if they're not the aggressors, I mean, they are killing humans and killing bases. So death to Thargoids. Hoorah. Um... <laughs> Okay. Um, last thing I want to talk about real quick is the price of fleet carriers. Now, I am of the mindset that the price of the fleet carrier. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you the number and I'm going to tell you how I come up with that amount. The number, how much I think the fleet carrier, just a fleet carrier, not outfitting on the fleet carrier, not... The support ship, just your basic run-of-the-mill fleet carrier. $3.34 billion. And here's how I came up with that number. Uh, right now, Pinite and Voidable Mining yield about, and a lot of people, some, some, some will say more, some will say less, can give you more or can yield about 100 million credits an hour. Now I know Pinite. If you get the cutter and you uh, do the four guns, 
four mining lasers and you do all the collection collection limpets you can actually go faster at that and you actually end up to where your uh you can actually i've heard numbers of like three and four hundred billion uh, three and four hundred million an hour um maybe that's the case the best i've ever done is about 150 million an hour um I, I, I don't know why. I guess I just have some bad luck. But, um, and actually I prefer avoid opal mining anyway. I, I find that more interesting right now. Uh, but, um, I think that, so, so the, you have the ability to make this money in the game. Then you have, um, you have the most expensive ship in the game is the Imperial Cutter. At 208 million. Now that's just the base ship. I'm not, I'm not talking about modules. <clears throat> so you take the base ship, 208 million, and there are 16 landing pads on the fleet carrier. 208 times 16, 3.34 billion. And I think that's probably a good estimate for what the, for what it's going to cost. Now this is include like any sort of extra modules that you're going to put in the thing, any sort of maintenance you're going to have to do it. You're going to, have to do on it, or or the support ship. Um, I think the support ship will probably run about another two or three billion. And I think the modules outfitting is going to run probably about another two or three billion. So I think that getting your fleet carrier completely decked out, getting the support ship that you want, getting it all ready and good to go. I think that's going to run about 10 billion credits. So start saving your credits. And that's just my estimate. That's just my guess. I hope it's cheaper because I like my money. Um, but I can't afford that right now. I'm only sitting on about three and a half billion. Uh, but I'm up until now, until December, I'm going to be spending a fair amount of time in there farming farming up some credits so avoid opals here i come and i probably will be giving pinite another attempt here um i think that's actually all i wanted to say on this episode i think that's going to do it um you can reach me on twitter i am at tyrvol t-y-r-v-o-l uh, you can also email the show at loosescrewsquestions at gmail.com. Uh, please feel free to email us. That way we have other stuff to talk about. And if you have any questions, any comments, let me know how I'm doing. If you guys are enjoying these at all, if you guys just want me to shut up, please let me know. Um, and again, you can reach me at, at Tierville on Twitter or loosescrewsquestions at gmail.com. Always ready to willing questions, and uh, we'll be airing, we'll be recording another episode on Thursday. I blink this the 4th. Let me find my mouse, and I'll tell you guys what the date is. Yep, the 5th. I'm sorry, September 5th. It will be our next record date. And I think that's going to do it. Thanks for listening, guys. See you guys in the black.